Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Ranked choice voting is about to have its moment in the sun. Hey, NYC voters. There's a new way to vote for your city officials in 2021. The City of New York will use the ranked choice voting method for all NYC primaries and special elections. Now it's about to have its its biggest moment ever as as more people than ever in this country prepare to use ranked choice voting as New York City voters will use it next month. This week on 880 In-Depth just weeks before New York City's primary voters road test this new system of voting, we dig into ranked choice voting. What is it? Why is it? And will it work? Do you think people are going to find this confusing? Absolutely not. Welcome to 880 In Depth. I'm Tim Sheldon from WCBS News Radio 880, and we've been talking about this moment since November of 2019, when an overwhelming majority here in New York City voted to approve the use of ranked choice voting in primary and special elections for city offices like mayor, public advocate, comptroller, borough president, and city council races beginning this year. It's been used in a couple of special elections already without any issues, but this is really the big test. And it's fair to say the stakes are high. There is not an electoral reform in the country right now that has more momentum behind it than ranked choice voting. That's election expert and author, senior fellow from the organization known as Fair Vote, David Daly. We'll talk to him later about how ranked choice voting might have a national footprint and why this 100-plus-year-old system of counting votes is making a comeback. But first, meet Sean Dugar. I'm the Education Campaign Program Director for Ranked the Vote NYC. What is Ranked the Vote NYC? So Ranked the Vote NYC is a nonpartisan organization that was created Uh, in 2019 to pass question one and post the election transitioned into an educational organization for ranked choice voting in New York City. The New York City primary election is coming up June 22nd with early voting starting on June 12th. So our Peter Haskell got on the phone with Sean Dugar to find out. What exactly is ranked choice voting? So ranked choice voting is a new way of voting in New York City. It will allow voters to rank up to their top five favorite candidates 
including a write-in if they so choose, for our special elections and primary elections for mayor, comptroller, public advocate, borough president, and city council. How does the ballot look different, and how does this work? So the ballot will actually look very similar to what you're used to, with the addition of a couple of extra columns in which you can continue to rank your candidates. So you will see your candidates in rows and your uh, rankings in columns. And you go column by column, choosing your first choice, your second choice, your third, your fourth, and your fifth choice. Do you have to fill out all five, make five particular choices? No, you can still vote for just one candidate if you like, or up to five. Um, However, we encourage you to fully utilize your rankings so that you can continue to have a say and a voice in the electoral process. Explain how we get to a winner. Definitely. So if no candidate receives 50% plus one of first choice votes, um, so those people who mark that first bubble for a candidate, um, then we go into the process of tabulation. And so in that process, the candidate with the least number of votes is eliminated and has lost the race. And so what you'll see is those votes whoever voted for that candidate that had been eliminated, their votes will be redistributed to whoever they chose as their second choice. And so that process of eliminating the lowest vote getter and the votes being redistributed to whoever their voters chose as their next choice continues until we reach the final two candidates and someone has reached the threshold of 50% plus one of total votes. I want to ask you about that. Do we have a winner as soon as somebody gets 50% plus one, or do we go through all five rounds regardless? So we technically have a winner as soon as someone hits 50% plus one. However, we go through however many rounds it takes to get down to the final two candidates. Um, And what that will show is the full intent of voters. So instead of seeing someone win with just 50% plus one of the vote, we may see them win with 63% of the vote and show that they have a greater mandate from the voters in their district or in the city to govern. What are the benefits of this? Why is this better than the system that we've had? So um, A, it saves money. Well, it saves the city money, it saves candidates money, um, it allows for new voices in the electoral process, and it allows voters to have a greater say in who's elected. Under the previous voting system, a city council member could be elected with as little as 20% of the vote. That means that 80% of voters voted for someone else, but did not have their voice heard in the final result. And so the ability for voters to vote their conscience, but also to coalesce around a candidate, um, really allows 
for a greater voice in the electoral process. One of the things we've heard is that this is better for minority candidates or diverse group of candidates. Why do you think that is? Well, number one, we know that money in politics is a barrier, um, and it's barrier especially for candidates of color, for women, and for members of the LGBT community. So the ability to not have to worry about raising dollars for a second runoff election um, allows for new voices and more people of color to run for office. Second is building coalitions is something that communities of color have been doing for a very long time. And that's how you win under ranked choice vote, is by winning, building a winning coalition. And so um, when you're talking about is issues, um, many of those are the same amongst communities of color. So whether you're talking about police accountability or you're talking about access to health care or housing or jobs, those all um, hit home with communities of color and different communities of color. So that all helps into building a winning coalition. Is, is the point in some respects to have a, a winner that better represents a greater segment of the population? Definitely. Um, you know, with so many candidates running for office in this election cycle, I believe the last count was 411 people filing to run for office in the June primary. Um, they would have risked splitting the vote under the previous system and someone being elected who doesn't represent the diversity of the city or of a district. Looking at the, the mayoral race, there are so many Democratic candidates. I suspect it's possible that one or more of them could decide to run on a, an off-party line in November. Will this be used in November, and should it be used in November? So ranked choice voting will not be used in November. It's just for the local primary and special elections. Um, because New York has fusion voting, which does allow candidates to run on multiple party lines, um, ranked choice voting is not able to be instituted for the general election. Um, so it really is just choosing the party nominees, uh, specifically in this instance, this election cycle, amongst the Democratic Party, and then in Staten Island, Republicans will also have the chance to use ranked choice voting in their party nomination for borough president. Borough president. New York is notorious for having problems with vote counting. How do you expect that's going to work? Do we have the the manpower, the software, the tools in place to get these votes counted? Definitely. So New York has all of the tools, um, and most of them are existing tools. So the counting process, is the same process that's been used. The voting machines are the same voting machines that have been used. The only thing that is slightly different is there is now a tool that will be used to do the tabulation under ranked choice voting. And so 
Um, that is an open source program. It's uh, actually available online to anyone who wants to download it. Um, and so it's been run uh, conditionally in the four special elections that have taken place. And so just to verify the numbers that were done during the hand count and will be used citywide um, during the June primary. How long do you expect it'll take until we know who the winner is? So state law mandates that uh, absentee ballots are not able to be counted until about a week after Election Day, and that militaries overseas ballots are not able to be counted until uh, 13 days after Election Day. And so add on top of that, what they call the cure process, which is if anyone votes by mail and there's a mistake on their envelope, whether it's they forgot to sign the envelope or their signature doesn't match, they also have a window in which they're able to fix that. And so that takes us out to about three weeks after election day. Um, and so at that time, the count will be run, the tabulation will be run, um, and the tabulation process is about 30 seconds. It's just simply hitting the button on the keyboard. So ranked choice voting doesn't add any time to the counting process. However, we want to make sure that every vote is counted before that tabulation process is run. There's a cartoon in The New Yorker, and the caption reads, We've just come from a seven-hour seminar on how to fill out the 2021 mayoral election ballot. Do you think people are going to find this confusing? Absolutely not. Um, in fact, the Board of Election just recently got kudos for how simple the ballot looks compared to previous elections. Um, we also did exit polling in the four special elections, and 95% of voters surveyed said they found the ballot easy to understand and complete. So what we've seen so far is people really understanding the ballot, understanding the ranking process, and using it. Do you have any advice for people before they fill out their ballots, be it read the instructions carefully, take your time, you tell us? Definitely. Always read the instructions carefully. Um, and really, at its core, ranked choice voting is about no longer having to strategize and being able to use your heart and your head in order to vote. Um, so never vote for someone you don't like. Uh, that's true in any election, and that includes ranked choice voting elections. Um, and just remember that you are voting your values. Sean, this has been very valuable. Thank you. Is there anything else that you want to add? Um, so just in terms of when you're thinking about how you rank your candidates, we like to say your first choice is the candidate you love, is the candidate you may volunteer for or contribute to, but at the very least, it's the candidate you're talking to your friends, your family, and your neighbors about. It's that person who is from your community, 
you share your values and share your positions on issues. Similarly, your second choice is the candidate you like. They still share your values and your positions on issues, but they may not be from your community. Your third and your fourth choices are the candidates that may not be there with you on all of the positions you have, may not share all of your values, um, but are definitely someone you think would do well in office. And your fifth choice may be the candidate you traditionally have to hold your nose to vote for. Um, they're definitely not someone you dislike, but they're definitely not your favorite, but they still, you still believe they'll do a better job in office than the other candidates in the race that you are not ranking on your ballot. As of this writing, there are 13 candidates on the Democratic line in this primary for mayor. Ranked choice voting will allow that to be whittled down this year in a simpler way and avoid a costly and time-consuming runoff which would have been unavoidable in the old system with so many candidates on the ballot. It's also likely that we will not know the official winner of the ranked choice tabulation on election night itself. Officials will still want to add in absentee and military ballots and any other ballots that need to be cured or fixed, and that could take a week or more. One other complication expected to be cleared up soon, the state is yet to approve the software that the city hopes to use to tabulate the ranked choice voting. But make no mistake, ranked choice voting appears to be here to stay. It will not be used in the general election here in New York, but it is growing in popularity across the country. And this election here in New York City is raising its profile. We wanted to hear more about that. So our Peter Haskell got on the phone with... David Daly, I'm a senior fellow at Fair Vote. What is Fair Vote? Fairvote is a nonpartisan research organization policy group that works on ranked choice voting, trying to deliver more choice and more voice to uh, voters around the country. How common is ranked choice voting? There is not a an electoral reform in the country right now that has more momentum behind it than ranked choice voting. It is being used in Maine. For all elections, it was just adopted by voters in Alaska for all elections. It's been used in more than a dozen uh, cities around the country for all of their municipal elections, including uh, uh, San Francisco and Oakland and Berkeley and Minneapolis and uh, Santa Fe and St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, It is on the move in Utah and Massachusetts, various places nationwide. And, of course, now it's about to have its its biggest moment ever as as more people than ever in this country prepare to use ranked choice voting as New York City voters will use it next month in, in its primary for the very first time. Why are cities and states turning to ranked choice voting? You know, I think there's a number of reasons, but I think the most important reason really is because voters are realizing that a single choice in an election with five, six, or in New York City, as many as a dozen candidates is not enough because you end up with a plurality winner, somebody who maybe has won as little as 25 or 30 percent of the vote, taking office when more than 70 percent of the candidates prefer somebody else, right? Um, And so voters need 
a little extra tool to be able to negotiate candidate fields that are that big. Um, I think voters are also frustrated with the amount of extremism and polarization in our politics right now. And when a candidate is able to win at 25 or 30 percent of the vote, they're incentivized only to appeal to their base. They're not encouraged to go out and talk to other people. It's possible for a candidate uh, that a fervid minority of, of voters believe in uh, to win office even when a larger majority prefers somebody else. Um, and ranked choice voting puts the tools with the voters to put the, the, the field in order, the one, two, three, four, five, something pretty common, something we all understand how to do and do pretty intuitively. Um, and it allows voters to sort it out. Take this one step further, if you could, in terms of the extremism versus a moderate candidate. How would that play out if you have this extremist candidate and and you go through ranked choice voting? Sure, absolutely. Well, ranked choice voting um, works a, a little bit like an instant runoff. Um, if somebody wins 50% of the vote in the first round, they win, just like any other election we've always gotten used to. But if nobody wins 50% of the vote, what happens is the candidate in the last place is eliminated and their votes uh, are reallocated to their second choices. Um, and what it does is it ensures that the winner has got 50% of the vote plus one, right? Um, and it means that if you have, if there are five candidates in the race, and let's say that there are, uh, you know, four Democrats and one Republican in a race, for example, um, the four Democrats divide up the vote, perhaps, and the one Republican wins, even though a majority of voters would have preferred a Democrat. In this case, you can't do that. That doesn't happen. There's no such thing as a spoiler candidate in ranked choice voting. Um, and that is what voters in New York are going to, I think, really understand and appreciate, because right now is the point in a 12-person race, right, where candidates would be urged to drop out. They would be being told that they're a spoiler, that they can't win. Voters would be studying the polls, trying to figure out which candidate they should vote for, which one they're throwing a vote away on, which, you know, if I vote for the candidate I like the most, am I actually helping elect the person I like least? You hear that a lot in races where voters only have a single choice among a big crowded field of candidates. With ranked choice voting, there's no spoilers. There's no strategic voting. You can go in and vote exactly how you want and know it's going to work out in just that fashion. From the states and the places that are doing this, is there anything in particular we've learned so far? Yeah, I think a number of things. I think first is that um, candidates campaign differently when you have to get to 50% plus one. They go out and they talk to more voters. They work harder to reach more constituencies. And sometimes they even campaign together. You've seen in Maine, you've seen in California, uh, sometimes candidates running ads together saying, vote for, for me first and me second. You know, And those are the two candidates who perhaps are sharing an ideological lane 
and who might be throwing mud at each other otherwise. Now they're kind of running together in a more collaborative way. Voters like that. Um, you know, uh, the tone of races gets elevated. Um, this has been good for, for women and for candidates of color um, who have seen uh, their ranks increase in cities that use ranked choice voting. Um, and I think you had a really interesting election in Maine um, in in 2018, the uh, first time ranked choice voting was used there, in which you had a Republican incumbent congressman, you had a Democratic challenger, and you had two liberal uh, progressive green type candidates also in that race. And after the first round of voting, the Republican incumbent was at 47 percent. The Democratic challenger was at 46, and the two other candidates had divided the other seven votes, the other, the other seven percent. Um, but because the Republican incumbent had not won 50 percent, the race wasn't over, right? It goes into the second round, and the, the progressive Green candidates are eliminated. And when their votes are redistributed, they voted largely for the Democrat. And so the Democrat won that race and goes to Congress. Under the old system, what you would have seen is a, a politician elected and taking, and taking office, even though 53% of the people wanted somebody else. Um, in this case, voters got to have their say. The candidate that won the race was able to understand that there was uh, an important part of his coalition that cared deeply about green and, and environmental issues. Um, and he was rewarded for going out and talking to them and addressing those concerns in the middle of the race. I think that's a, a pretty powerful um, a pretty powerful example of what our politics could be like, even in this moment of polarization. I want to go back to something else you spoke about. You talked about alliances and I guess I'm the skeptical sort, and when I hear that, I, I wonder about fair play there, and I wonder about teaming up to try to take out somebody else. It's, why is that good? Well, I think it's good because the voters get the, the choice, right? I mean, think back to the uh, presidential campaign back in 2020 um, on the Democratic side or on the Republican side in 2016, you had about 25 Democratic candidates seeking the White House. You had about 17 Republicans back in 2016. And the candidates kind of sorted themselves into lanes, right? On the Democratic side, you had the, the establishment candidates and the progressive candidates and the more conservative Democrats. Uh, and you sort of had a sense of which lane you were in, and there were three or four candidates there. And they tended to attack each other, right? You had Bernie and Warren going after each other. You had Buttigieg and, and Klobuchar went after each other. Famously, Kamala Harris goes after Joe Biden in a debate. They're trying to kneecap the other person and knock them out of the, the lane and to try to narrow it down. With ranked choice voting, the voters get to do that, and the candidates are encouraged, really, to elevate their tone. Because if you are attacking the other candidate who people like, uh, that is not a very good way to encourage them to vote for you as a second choice. Um, and you still see in the Democratic Party, right, some really deep cleavages between, uh, say, 
the Warren Democrats and Sanders Democrats or Hillary Clinton Democrats and Bernie Sanders Democrats. Um, ranked choice voting encourages a different way of, of thinking about politics, um, and candidates understand that and campaign a little differently. Ranked choice voting has its critics. Most say it's simply too complicated for the average voter. But David Daly told us... There are critiques of every political reform. There are people who say it's too confusing, that some voters don't understand it. I mean, I guess I would counter that by saying lists and rankings are are pretty intuitive to all of us, right? If I walk into the ice cream parlor and they don't have black raspberry, um, I know that my second choice is, is mint chocolate chip. And um, I, I understand that. Uh, I think we all I go to the grocery store and we're all faced with that kind of choice every day. We like that kind of choice in our life. We're Americans. We're based on choice. Um, and I would also say that to those who think that this is somehow too complicated, having a single choice in an election with 12 or 13 candidates like in New York City's mayoral race that's what's really confusing. If if you were not using ranked choice voting in New York, voters right now would have to be studying these polls, polls that can be completely unreliable, looking at a candidate field in which there's six or seven people bunched up pretty close together and trying to figure out what is a smart vote and what's a strategic vote and would they be throwing the, the, their vote away if they voted for the person who they really liked who's in fourth place when there's someone in second who they don't like? That's what's really confusing. With ranked choice voting, you say, I like candidate C, and then I like candidate E, and then I like candidate A. One, two, three, simple as that. It, it seems there's a partisan divide with everything these days. Is there one party that prefers ranked ranked choice voting? Is there a party that doesn't like this? Is there a partisan divide here? You know, not really. We just have seen in the last month that 23 uh, cities in Utah, uh, mostly conservative cities, have adopted ranked choice voting. Republicans in Virginia just use ranked choice voting uh, to nominate their, their candidates for governor and other statewide offices this fall. Uh, you've had Republican state parties in Indiana using it. Um, so I think it's one of the few political reforms right now that have been, um, you know, fairly nonpartisan. Um, what you see with this is that there's good reason for Democrats and Republicans to like this. Um, I think Democrats have lost races because a Green Party candidate has been a spoiler in the past, right? Think back to Ralph Nader in 2000 down in Florida. Um, Republicans have lost lots of races because there's been a libertarian spoiler. Um, There were plenty of states in 2020, uh, close states for Joe Biden, that um, a libertarian presidential candidate could have made the difference in, say, Georgia or Arizona. And, you know, that tipped that state away from Donald Trump. So this isn't a partisan reform in any way. This is really a reform that gives 
power to the voters that is really useful when voters have got a lot of candidates in a crowded field in front of them. It's interesting you bring up Ralph Nader. He received not quite three million votes, but in 1992, Ross Perot had almost 20 million votes in a race that Bill Clinton won by five million or a little bit more than that. Do you foresee ranked choice voting in presidential races so we would not have that spoiler? I think that would be a terrific use of ranked choice voting. Um, absolutely. And what we actually saw back in, in 2000 was you had, I'm sorry, in, in 2020, was there were five uh, states where the Democratic primary did, in fact, use ranked choice voting. Um, and that happened in, in, in Kansas, in Alaska, in Hawaii, and in um, Wyoming. Um, and it was effectively it was everything that's good about a caucus, right? The ability to move to a second choice if your candidate is not viable and can't reach delegates. But it eliminates everything that's bad about a caucus, especially in a big state like uh, Kansas, having to drive for hours to a polling station and then spend all day there. Um, and so ranked choice voting it gives you the, the best of both worlds. Um, you also saw this year an awful lot of voting by mail, um, especially in those primary states, um, some of it due to electoral reform, some of it due to the pandemic. And there were lots of, of, of Democratic presidential candidates who dropped out of the race after People had cast a mail vote, but before the day of the election itself. Remember back on the eve of Super Tuesday, that you know that weekend, you had Senator Klobuchar and Mayor Buttigieg getting out of the race. Millions of their voters had already cast a mail ballot in the preceding two weeks for them, more than three million people. Um, if all of those states had used ranked choice voting, those voters could have mentioned a second choice or a third choice. And if their candidate, through no fault of their own, dropped out, they would have been able to still have their vote count. Instead, all of those votes were also wasted. Ranked choice voting would have fixed that. So here we are, weeks away from the New York vote using ranked choice voting. And? There are probably going to be more people using ranked choice voting um, on one day uh, in New York City than... uh, than having any other election. That's that's a that's a really exciting thing. Uh, I will be looking to see how this field winnows down. You have a dozen candidates right now. You know, at least six or seven of them looking uh, fairly viable and bunched up up tight in the polls. It will be really interesting to see how New Yorkers cast their second and third choice votes. Um, you can imagine that this is a race that could require three or four rounds to uh, get somebody above that 50% mark. So I think it will be really interesting to see where voters come together um, and who is the recipient um, of those second and third choice votes. That, I think, is what's so exciting about this. I mean, New Yorkers deserve 
a mayor that everybody can get behind. This is going to be a really complicated moment as the city tries to come out of a pandemic, as we try to get schools moving, as we try to get the economy restarted, Broadway moving, tourism moving again. Um, the winner of this election needs more support than just 25% of the vote in the Democratic primary. The winner of this election needs to have the entire city behind them. And I think ranked choice voting is really going to help in choosing a mayor that the entire city can feel is a leader to restart and re-energize New York City. Our thanks to David Daly and Sean Dugar. From Daly, you can find out more at fairvote.org. And Sean Dugar, he's at rankthevotenyc.org. 880 In-Depth is a production of WCBS News Radio 880. Peter Haskell and myself, Tim Scheld, are the executive producers. Listen to us on demand. Find us wherever you get your audio. Just look for 880 In-Depth. And as always, thank you for listening. Be safe. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 